Welcome back to Adventure AI, a D&D podcast. Starring myself, Alex the Language Lord. This week, I'm joined with Jason. The two of us are going to plan a one-shot together for him to DM. If the session planning doesn't turn out well, just remember, that's not on me. I'm just working with what I'm given. Like they say, crap in, crap out. Now to the show. All right. Thank you, Alex, the language lord, for the, that uh, stirring introduction there. Okay, so we're going to jump in, and we're just going to plan a session here. So um, I've actually been thinking about uh, this first session and kind of what I wanted to do theme-wise. The idea I had was to have the big bad be Alex, the language lord. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in the prompt and see what uh, uh, Alex comes up with for him being the big bad. It sounds like an interesting concept for a one-shot adventure in a D&D campaign. In this scenario, the players would likely be tasked with defeating or outsmarting a powerful being named Alex the Language Lord, who possesses mastery over language and communication. Possible challenges for the players could include solving riddles or puzzles related to language, navigating through a maze of words, or engaging in a battle of wits with the Language Lord. The outcome of the adventure could depend on the player's ability to think creatively and use language in unexpected ways. I think a better idea before we get into uh, specific challenges and whatnot. Why don't we Why don't we figure out a little bit more about um, uh, Alex, the language lord? So let's find out what uh, his motives are and what he's doing to the area, and and see if that helps us figure out how we're going to uh, build a campaign around it. So let's find out a little bit more. So who is Alex, the language lord, and what does he want? Alex the Language Lord is a fictional character that you have created for a D&D one-shot adventure. As the name suggests, Alex is a powerful being who possesses mastery over language and communication. As for what he wants, it could depend on the story you have in mind. Here are a few possibilities. 1. Alex wants to use his powers to control and manipulate the minds of others. He might be seeking to gain control over an entire kingdom or civilization by convincing its leaders and citizens to do his bidding. 2. Alex wants to prove his superior intellect and language skills to the world. He might be seeking to challenge the smartest and most skilled linguists to a battle of wits and will only be satisfied if he can defeat them all. 3. Alex might be seeking to collect all the powerful artifacts and books that contain ancient and forbidden knowledge and wants to use them to gain more power. Alex might be seeking to bring about the end of the world by unleashing the power of certain forbidden words or incantations. 4. Alex could be a powerful and ancient being that is seeking to be worshipped as a god and wants to use his powers to convince people to worship him. These are just a few examples of what Alex the Language Lord might want in your D&D one-shot adventure. It's important to keep in mind that the motivations of the main villain can greatly influence the plot of the adventure, so it's important to have a clear idea of what Alex wants before designing the encounter. All right, that's much better. I like where we're going with that. Uh, so there's a few things in here that, that kind of stood out to me. I liked um, 
him trying to seek and collect powerful artifacts and books that contain ancient and forbidden knowledge uh, to gain more power. But I also thought, you know, for one shot, it might be better to do, Alex might be seeking to bring about the end of the world by unleashing the power of certain forbidden words and incantations, right? So I think, I think I'm going to go with that direction and, uh, and see. So uh, let's see if I can get some more information about, um, about that direction. If Alex the language lord is seeking to bring about the end of the world by unleashing the power of certain forbidden words or incantations, here are a few specific ideas for how that could play out in your D&D one-shot adventure. 1. The players discover that Alex has obtained an ancient grimoire containing powerful and dangerous spells. He plans to use these spells to bring about the end of the world by summoning ancient and powerful deities or other entities. 2. The players learn that Alex has discovered a powerful word or phrase that, when spoken, has the power to warp reality and bring about the end of the world. He plans to speak this word or phrase at a specific location, where its power will be amplified. 3. Alex is seeking to find a powerful artifact known as the Echo of Oblivion, which is said to have the power to bring about the end of the world when certain incantations are read. He plans to use this artifact to bring about the end of the world. 4. Alex has developed a ritual that will allow him to tap into the power of the Word of Destruction, which is said to be able to bring about the end of the world. He plans to complete this ritual in a specific location where the power of the Word will be amplified. 5. The players learn that Alex has found a way to access the Library of the End, which contains forbidden knowledge that could bring about the end of the world. He plans to use this knowledge to bring about the end of the world. These are just a few examples of how Alex the Language Lord might be planning to bring about the end of the world by unleashing the power of certain forbidden words or incantations. It's important to remember that the end goal of the adventure should be challenging but achievable for the players, and to provide clues and hints throughout the adventure that will help the players unravel Alex's plan and stop him before it's too late. I like a bunch of these. I like the idea of a, a grimoire being uh, being stolen um, and having a powerful spell there. I also like the one where, oh yeah, the second one. The player the players learn that Alex has discovered a powerful word or phrase that, when spoken, has the power to warp reality and bring about the end of the world. He plans to speak this word or phrase at a specific location where where its power will be amplified. That's a good one. Um, there's some cool stuff in there too, like an artifact called the Echo of Oblivion, um, the Word of Destruction. I like the library at the end. Here's what I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to do a mix of a few of these. I think we're going to go with a um, uh, has obtained an ancient grimoire. Um, I like that. I I think um, I think we're going to do that one, but combine it with the one where there's a there's a word or a phrase spoken in a specific location that will bring about the end of the world, right? And I think uh, what we're going to do is is get a hook into this story where maybe a wizard or somebody has uh, told the group uh, who who owned this grimoire, Alex stole it, and, and now he's afraid he's going to go to this location and bring about the end of the world. So um, I think what we're going to do is get some information about who he stole the grimoire from, 
and and then also about the location of where he's going to and see if we can't build an encounter with uh with kind of I, I like that uh kind of five room dungeon idea where we have an entrance and um entrance or guardian some puzzles and role playing challenges we might go to the uh the riddle that was suggested earlier you know some red herrings climax big battle and and plot twists and that kind of stuff so let's look and see what we can do uh starting with just this setup of of uh of an ancient uh grimoire and see what we can go there if Alex the language lord has stolen an ancient grimoire containing a powerful word or phrase that, when spoken, has the power to warp reality and bring about the end of the world, here are a few possibilities for who he stole it from and where he plans to take it. 1. The grimoire was in the possession of an ancient and powerful wizard who guarded it in a hidden tower. Alex stole it while the wizard was away on a journey and plans to take it to a location where the power of the word will be amplified, such as a hidden temple deep in the mountains or a portal to another dimension. 2. The grimoire was being kept in a secret library belonging to an order of powerful and wise scholars. Alex stole it while they were in a meeting and plans to take it to a location where the power of the word will be amplified, such as a sacred cave or a powerful ley line. 3. The grimoire was being kept in a powerful and ancient civilization that was buried underground. Alex stole it from a tomb and plans to take it to a location where the power of the word will be amplified, such as a hidden temple or a powerful ritual circle. 4. The grimoire was being kept by a powerful dragon who hoarded it with many other treasures. Alex stole it from the dragon's hoard and plans to take it to a location where the power of the word will be amplified, such as a volcano or a place where powerful magical energies converge. It's important to note that this grimoire and the powerful word that can bring about the end of the world should be the main focus of the one-shot adventure, and the players should have the opportunity to recover the grimoire and stop Alex from using it. Also, the location where the power of the word will be amplified should be challenging to reach, and it could be a place that is well guarded by minions of Alex, or it could be a place that is difficult to navigate. Great. I like those a lot, too. Um, I think we're going to go with that uh, that first direction uh, where he stole it from a, a wizard. Um, let's see. He stole it from a wizard uh, who guarded it in a hidden tower. Um, so let's, uh, let's find out more about the wizard he stole it from. So I asked, what is the name of the wizard he stole it from, and why would that wizard enlist the players to get it back? The name of the wizard that Alex stole the ancient grimoire from could be something like Zolta the Wise or Merlinus the Archmagus. He is a powerful and respected wizard who has dedicated his life to studying and guarding ancient and powerful magic. He has been keeping the grimoire safe for centuries, knowing the danger it poses if it falls into the wrong hands. Zolter or Merlinus could enlist the players to help him retrieve the grimoire for a number of reasons. 1. He is too old and weak to retrieve the grimoire himself and needs the help of a group of brave and powerful adventurers. 2. He knows that Alex has a powerful army of minions and he needs help to defeat them. 3. He knows the players have a reputation for being able to handle dangerous and powerful artifacts and wants them to retrieve the grimoire because he believes they are the best suited for the task. 4. He believes that the players are the only ones who can stop Alex from using the grimoire before it is too late. 5. He has a personal connection to the players either as a mentor, friend, or someone who has helped the players in the past and now he is calling in a favor. 
Whatever the reason, Zolter or Merlinus would be willing to offer a great reward to the players for their help, such as powerful magical items, gold, or even a place in his organization of powerful wizards. All right. Uh, first of all, a few options I have there. Um, first with names, I'm definitely going Zoltar the Wise uh, for the name of this uh, wizard. Um, I like uh, I like the last uh, connection between them and the players. He has a personal connection to the players, either as a mentor, friend, or someone who has helped the players in the past, and now is he is calling in a favor. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so we'll have Zoltar the Wise uh, have a connection to them in the past. Uh, let's find out what that connection could be. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and ask... Um, Let's say Zoltar the Wise does have a connection to the two players as a mentor, and he is calling in a favor. What are two magical items that he can give the players to help them defeat Alex? Uh, I like this direction for a couple of reasons. One, if you look at the hero's journey, uh, we start out with a, a meeting with the mentor, right? And then the supernatural aid, right? So um, they're going to get the quest from Zoltar. He's going to send them out right away, and he's going to give them a couple magical items to help them in this quest. If Zolta the Wise has a connection to the players as a mentor and is calling in a favor to help him retrieve the ancient grimoire, he could offer them two powerful magic items to help them defeat Alex. The Staff of Binding Words. This is a powerful staff that is imbued with the power to counter and cancel out any spells or incantations spoken by the wielder. It could be useful in a battle against Alex as it would allow the players to negate any spells he casts. Additionally, the staff can be used to bind the word that can bring about the end of the world so that it can't be spoken. The Amulet of Tongues. This is an amulet that grants the wearer the ability to understand and speak any language. This could be useful in a battle against Alex, as it would allow the players to understand any incantations or forbidden words he speaks and potentially counter them. Additionally, it could be a useful tool to communicate with any of Alex's minions that may speak different languages. Both of these items should be powerful and useful, but also challenging to obtain, as Zolta the Wise will want to ensure that the players are up for the task and are aware of the danger they are facing. All right, so a, a few things there. One, I'm going to ignore that these uh, should be challenging to obtain. One, because, well, the, the, a couple reasons, right? So so first, um, this is a one-shot, so I don't want, I mean, I mean, we could just go on a huge adventure all by itself where we collect the first item and then collect the second item. And, and I think that would be great if we were on a bigger campaign. Um, but for this, I think it's going to be better if, uh, if he just gives them the, these items with instructions on how to use them. I'm going to tweak these items a little bit. Uh, staff, of, well, and, and kind of in the same way. I think, I think we got to uh, limit their use. Right now, it looks like they've got unlimited use, right? So for the Staff of Binding Words, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow it to um, cast Counterspell three times daily, um, and then let's see, Amulet of Tongues. I like this. Grants the wearer the ability to understand any spoken language, right? I think that this is going to just be 
on uh, a person. And, and I don't think that the ability to understand and speak any language uh, should be limited. So I think that that, uh, that power will just be something that the amulet does. I want to I do this. I want to, for the encounter, just to lay it out of my mind right now, they're going to have the meeting with the mentor, Zoltar. Zoltar is going to send them on the quest, give them the magic items, kind of give them the backstory and send them on their way. I may even do this part in the session zero, right? And so uh, when we do character creation and everything, I think I'm going to do that part in there. So this will kind of be a session zero thing. When we get into the encounter, it sounds like Alex, um, we, we've got to decide a location. We got to decide a um a word or a phrase that we have to prevent him from speaking in a, in a, in a specific location. So let's start with his minions and get an idea of what his minions are like. Cause I think we're going to encounter the minions uh, on our way to the location or as guardians to the locations. And then we'll have to do some puzzle to help us figure out what the word is. Right. And I think um, Zoltar will not be able to give us that information, what the word is. We got to discover the word or the phrase at the location. Um, Zoltar, I think, will know where the location is and just send them there, right? So when we actually start the adventure, we'll be at the location. We'll be at the, you know, at the front door, knocking at the front door. We'll have a little encounter with the, um, with the minions as guardians. We'll go in, we'll get the word, then we'll do a boss fight with Alex. We'll see if, uh, if they can stop in there and then we'll have some sort of reward. So let's go back to uh, the minions and see what kind of minions Alex has. Alex, the language Lord could have a variety of minions under his control, depending on the type of campaign and story you want to tell. Here are a few examples. One cultists. Alex may have a group of devoted cultists who worship him and his power over language. They could be fanatics who are willing to do anything to help him achieve his goals, including sacrificing themselves in battle. 2. Undead. Alex could have raised an army of undead creatures, such as zombies, skeletons, or even mummies, to serve as his minions. These creatures would be immune to pain and fear, and would be difficult to defeat in battle. 3. Elemental creatures. Alex may have the power to control the elements, and could have summoned creatures such as elementals, made of fire, water, air, or earth to fight for him. These creatures would be powerful and difficult to defeat, but could also be vulnerable to certain types of attacks. 4. Aberrations. Alex may have the power to summon or create strange and terrifying creatures from other dimensions, such as beholders, mind flayers, or slad. These minions would be extremely powerful and dangerous, but also unpredictable and difficult to control. 5. Golems. Alex could have created golems, which are constructs imbued with powerful magic to serve as his loyal minions. They could be made of various materials like stone, metal, or even glass. These minions are incredibly durable and can take a lot of punishment before going down, but also lack the intelligence to act independently. 6. Humanoids Alex could have enslaved or mind-controlled a group of humanoids such as orcs, goblins, and even other humanoid races to fight for him. These minions would be intelligent, but also easier to defeat than some of the others. It's important to note that the minions can vary depending on the campaign and story, and Alex's motivations and goals. 
All right, that's uh, that's pretty cool. A, a few of those I really like. Um, one I like the cultists a lot. I think that's an easy one to to do. Undead. Um, I think uh, undead are always fun as a uh, as a DM because um, I don't know. I've just always liked uh, throwing skeletons and zombies at, at my my players. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of elementals. I think that brings in a new element that. Uh, that I don't think fits aberrations. Um, I think aberrations actually would be the coolest for this. Um, except I think I want to keep the, the, uh, the level a little bit lower. I don't want these to be high level characters or even high level, uh, campaign. I'd, I'd like to keep these characters around level four or five. And if there's two of them, you know, when you're fighting beholders or mind flares, um, I think that might be a little bit too much. Uh, golems are interesting, right? Golems, I, I like them as uh, guards or sentinels, which is the kind of the place where I want um, these minions or creatures uh, to be stationed at, right? Uh, guarding the entrance to the the area. So I'm leaning pretty close towards uh, golems. The other one I like, though, too, and, and uh, I know I've said I've liked most of these, um, is the humanoids. I, I, the thing I don't like about humanoids are it's humanoids. It's boring, but I like the idea of enslaved or mind controlled, uh, humanoids, right? Um, this, this is kind of like the cultists, but they're cultists that don't really, um, uh, they're not in control of themselves. Right. And so I like this idea of the, uh, the mind controlled individuals, uh, where, where, um, or, uh, Alex has put some sort of spell over them. They're controlled, and uh, and they aren't responsible for their actions, right? Which which is um, a you know if we give if Zoltar gives them a warning that uh, that he does this, that means when he fights or when our players fight these mind controlled individuals, it adds another layer to it. Of hey, we got to defeat them, but these are these are like good guys. These are our neighbors. These are our people. And so you, you got to get past them without killing them, right? And, and I like that, that kind of dual, um, that dual um, uh, objective there. And so I think I'm going to go that direction just because of the, the dual objective, uh, that they're totally mind-controlled. I'm saying they're, I'm going to say that they're humanoids and, or humans, and they are um, uh, known from the... Uh, the the players know them, or at least are familiar with uh, these people. They're they're from the same town or same village or or same area at least. So let's uh, let's find out a little bit more about these humanoids and see if we can make that work. If the players are familiar with the mind controlled humans that Alex has enslaved, it could add an interesting twist to the campaign and make it more personal for the players. Here are a few ways the players might know these people. One. Former allies, the players may have worked with these people in the past, and they may have been allies or even friends. They could be former members of the same adventuring party or members of the same guild or organization. 2. Villagers or townsfolk, the players may know these people as inhabitants of a village or town they frequently visit. They could be shopkeepers, innkeepers, or other members of the community that the players have interacted with. 3. Family and friends. The players may know these people as family members or close friends. This could add an extra layer of emotional investment for the players and make the situation even more difficult. To defeat these mind-controlled humans without killing them, the players could use the following strategies. 
1. Non-lethal weapons. Players could use weapons that are designed to incapacitate rather than kill, such as nets, bolus, or tranquilizer darts. 2. Spells. Players could use spells that put the mind-controlled humans to sleep or make them unconscious, such as sleep or deep slumber. 3. Healing spells. Players could use healing spells like remove curse or remove disease to cure the mind control and free the person from Alex's control. 4. Negotiating. Players could try to reason with the mind-controlled humans and try to make them see the error of their ways. This may not be easy, but if the players can convince them that they are being controlled and that they should fight against Alex, they could be freed without having to be harmed. It's important to note that the way to defeat the mind-controlled humans without killing them will depend on the game's rules and mechanics and the player's creativity. All right, so we we got a lot to cover there. I think um, my favorite for who these people are are actually going to be former allies. So what I'm going to say is the two players that are going to play in this campaign, they're going to be from a party of four players, right? But two of those players have been overtaken and mind controlled, right? And so these will be these these won't just be villagers or or you know, some people that, oh, they're good guys. We're not allowed to kill them. These are going to be their friends, really close friends. And, and we're going to have to, we're going to have to save them and, uh, and pull them out. So we're going to get some information on, we'll do, we'll find out race class and, uh, and get some information about these players. So I know how to fight with them. They're going to be the same level as the, the players. And I'm going to go ahead and just, uh, set level at, uh, five. Well, no, I'll ask Alex what level we should do this at. Um, and so we'll make, we'll make a couple NPCs right now. And then, um, and then as far as I like all those ideas that he had for how to get out of it. Uh, and I'm going to just let all of those work, right? So if the players want to just, uh, do non-lethal, uh, damage and take them down, but not kill them and just leave them outside, that's great. If they want to try to convince them, uh, through, uh, through negotiation. I'm going to even let that work. I'm going to set a high DC for that. Um, but if they can convince them and talk them into it, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think if, uh, Alex, the AI says that negotiating could work, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, even though normally I wouldn't allow negotiation for mind control. Um, and then I'll even let these specific, uh, spells work. So, um, you know, remove curse or remove disease, right? Uh, if they happen to pick up those spells and if they have those spells and use those, um, you know, uh, normally I wouldn't let remove disease work, um, or probably even remove curse on something like this, uh, maybe dispel magic or something like that. I, I might, but, uh, uh, I'm going to let these two specific spells work as well. So, Let's uh, let's go with them being uh, part of their old adventuring gr group, or actually their current adventuring group, and uh, let's get uh, some information about these two guys. Sure. Here are two examples of mind-controlled humans who are part of the same adventuring group as the players. Name: Gien, D&D race, half-orc, class, barbarian, gender, male, level six. Gin is a fierce warrior who is known for his brute strength and his fierce loyalty to his friends. He has been a member of the adventuring group for several years and has become a trusted ally. He has been mind-controlled by Alex and is now a powerful weapon in his arsenal. Name, Elara, D&D race, high elf, class, wizard, gender, female, level, eight. 
Elara is a wise and powerful wizard who has been a member of the adventuring group for a long time. She is known for her intelligence and her mastery of the arcane arts. She has been mind-controlled by Alex and is now using her powers to further his sinister plans. It is up to the players to save their friends and bring them back to reality and stop Alex's plan. All right, that's uh, I think that's great. Um, I'm going to build out those characters and have them ready to go. Um, I'm kind of I'm I'm thinking right now that maybe we we break these into two encounters, right? I think um, I think we have um, Gen. Is that how we say his name? Yeah, Gen. G-H-E-N, uh, the barbarian. I think I'm going to have him be the guardian outside the location. And then I'm going to have uh, Elra, uh, the female wizard, the high elf. I think she's going to be um, uh, inside the location and part of a, a second encounter, right? And uh, and so we'll figure out a puzzle that she can be in. So I'm going to put her on hold. I'm going to put Yen outside as our guardian uh, for the location. Before I get too much further into that, I'm going to jump over and see what we can do about the location. So let's figure out where this is going to take place. Alex the Language Lord has taken the grimoire to an ancient and powerful location where its power will be amplified. Here are a few examples of locations that could be used. One. A forbidden temple. The temple is located deep in the jungle and is said to be protected by powerful magic. It is said to be the resting place of an ancient and powerful god who is said to have created language itself. It is believed that speaking the forbidden word in the temple will unleash the god's power and bring about the end of the world. 2. A hidden underground chamber. The chamber is located deep beneath the earth and is said to be accessible only through a narrow and treacherous passageway. It is believed that the chamber contains a powerful arcane energy that amplifies the power of the forbidden word. 3. A mountaintop. The mountaintop is located in a remote and treacherous mountain range. It is said that the peak is sacred to the god of language, and that speaking the forbidden word there will summon the god and bring about the end of the world. 4. A mystical portal. The portal is located in an ancient and forgotten ruin. It's believed that the portal lead to other dimension or plane, and that speaking the forbidden word while standing in front of it will open the portal, unleashing the power of the forbidden word and bring about the end of the world. It's important to note that the location could be created by the DM. It doesn't have to be a place that exists in the real world. It could be a place that exists only in the game world. The important thing is that the location should be hard to access and should be well guarded by Alex's minions. All right, so good ideas there. A few things that I'm going to ignore. Uh, the location should be hard to access, um, maybe hard to get into, but we're going to just we're going to get those guys there right away. We're just going to, in fact, I'm I think we're going to in session zero uh, set up a teleport uh, circle and have uh, have when the session zero ends, we're going to just teleport them straight to location of the temple, right? This is all going to just be about this little encounter at the temple. Um, and, uh, spoiler alert, I think I did go with the Forbidden Temple. Um, I like that one. Um, I like I like the idea of an ancient powerful god uh, who is said to have created language itself. I, that is very intriguing to me. Uh, I like... Um, 
I like the uh, the resting place. Now, resting place I first thought of as his tomb or her tomb, um, but resting place doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we're not talking like final resting place. It, it could be like a sleeping uh, God who created language uh, or has been uh, put to sleep in order to... Uh, um, uh, to prevent uh, him or her from uh, unleashing its power upon the world. So let's do the Forbidden Temple and go that route. Let's find out a little bit more about this God who created language and, uh, and see if we can get some more information there. The Forbidden Temple is dedicated to an ancient and powerful God who created language itself. The God's name is Zephyrion, and it is said to be genderless. Zephyrion is said to have created the first language and taught it to the first mortals, thus allowing them to communicate with each other and with the gods. The temple is located deep in the jungle and is said to be protected by powerful magic. It is said to be the resting place of Zephyrion, who is said to have retired there after creating language. The temple is grand and imposing, with towering stone columns and intricate carvings covering the walls. The temple is also overgrown with plants, which makes it look abandoned, but it's a deception. The temple is still well guarded by powerful traps and puzzles. The traps and puzzles in the temple are designed to keep intruders away and test the worthiness of those who seek to enter. Here are a few examples of traps and puzzles that could be used. 1. A floor covered in pressure plates. Each pressure plate triggers a different trap, such as darts shooting from the walls or a pit opening beneath the player's feet. The players will have to navigate through the traps without triggering them. 2. A riddle on the door. The riddle is written in an ancient language and will require the players to solve it in order to open the door. 3. A puzzle involving a series of levers and pulleys. The players will have to figure out the correct sequence of lever pulls and pulley pulls in order to open the door. 4. A statue that comes to life. A statue of Zephyrion will come to life and will challenge the players with a series of questions related to language and communication. If the players are able to answer the questions correctly, the statue will allow them to pass. 5. A guardian creature, a powerful creature that is imbued with the power of language, it will attack anyone who enters the temple without permission and it's able to speak and understand any language. This makes it hard for the players to communicate with it or trick it. These traps and puzzles will not only test the player's skills and intelligence, but also their knowledge of language and communication. So Zephyron is going to be our god in here. I like that Zephyron is genderless. That, that makes them more intriguing. Uh, I like the reason why they created language for mortals, so that they can communicate with each other, but also so that they can communicate with the gods. Uh, it sounds like once Zephyron has done their work, uh, they retired and, uh, and, uh, and, and rested in this temple. A few things here. Um, the the puzzles the traps um, the the pressure plated floor I I generally I I'm not a huge fan of that I think it's a it's a pretty easy encounter to get past and and through unless we throw a little um, uh, mix into that encounter and that would be if we brought our um, 
are wizard into this room, right? So they imagine they're in this room. They 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 see the the floor. Maybe they step on something. Darts come out and and whatever, right? And they and they figure out how to get past it. But then all of a sudden, the wizard's in there, and there's a wizard fight, or they have to fight this wizard, and the wizard just sets off all the the pressure plates and the and the traps, and so everything comes at them all at once. I, I, I think it's, it reminds me a lot of um, Raiders of the, of the Lost Ark when he goes into that temple at the very beginning and he finds the pressure plate. He has, you know, he has the, the little staff that he puts down in there and, and the dart hits it and, and they figure out how to get across the room, right? So, so and, and that's how I usually see these puzzles going, right? It's pretty easy to go back. But what was really interesting to me in Raiders of the Lost Ark was not just that moment, moment, but the undoing of that room, right? So when the boulder comes down and everything starts crashing and he has to run out while all the rocks hitting the ground and the big boulder and him himself racing out caused everything to happen all at once, right? You couldn't go safely across. And so if we go that route, I like the, the wizard fight uh, in there where the wizard's just setting off everything and, and they have to um, they have to go everywhere at once. So I'm interested in that. Um, I'm also interested, uh, the riddle on the door. I, I think only because, um, we might be able to get a really good or really awful riddle, uh, from Alex, the language Lord. So I'm excited to, to put a riddle on the door. So maybe we do the pressure plates after they get past the, the, the barbarian on the outside, uh, they go inside, they're in a a big area where they have to cross a room to get to um, the the final um, big boss room. And they have to decipher a riddle. Uh, and maybe they have to decipher this riddle while, um, while they're fighting uh, the wizard and these, um, these pressure plates are going off. So a lot of things will be going on at the same time. And, and that way we can have action going while they're deciphering, while they're trying to overcome the, the, uh, the wizard and trying to convert her back to their side and, or incapacitate her and dealing with all the traps. So I like, I like a lot of stuff going on in her second room. Um, so why don't we go that direction? Um, I, I really like the idea of the statue that comes to life and a series of questions. I think that could be a lot of fun. I just feel like, uh, time-wise for one shot, I'm going to skip that, even though I will say out of all the ideas, that was my favorite one. Um, I think, I think it just doesn't work with the, the wizard that I want to throw into this room. So, uh, we'll do, we'll do pressure plates and the, um, uh, the riddle. So let's ask, uh, tell me a little bit about this riddle and what it could be. The riddle on the door could be something like this. I am the key to understanding, but also the source of confusion. I am the beginning and the end, but also the middle of illusion. I am the foundation of knowledge, but also the cause of ignorance. What am I? The answer to the riddle is language. If the players are able to solve the riddle and say the answer out loud, the door will open. If they guess wrong, the door will remain locked and they will have to try again. As an additional challenge, the riddle could be written in an ancient or fictional language and the players need to translate it to understand it. If the players fail to solve the riddle after a certain number of attempts, they could be punished in various ways. 
For example, the temple could unleash a trap, such as darts shooting from the walls or a pit opening beneath the player's feet. Alternatively, the temple could summon a powerful guardian creature to attack the players. Also, if they give the wrong answer, the temple could curse them with a temporary or permanent loss of their ability to speak or understand any language, making it hard for them to communicate or even cast spells with verbal components. All right, so I love that riddle. I think the riddle is is thematically perfect. I think it. Uh, I think it will be. Um, I think I, I don't think it'll be very challenging uh, once they know who this uh, this god is, what the temple is, and everything. So I think, but but I think the riddle itself is is interesting enough to uh, to make that work. So I'm going to keep that riddle as is. Um, I do like the curse. So if they guess wrong, they they lose their ability to speak or understand uh, any language. Um, I also think I'm going to keep the um uh the the language being written in the um in a language uh that they can't read or understand they need to translate it now this is going to be easy to overcome because they'll have the amulet that will allow them to do that as a freebie and so it'll just kind of be a flavor thing that we we use in there but but I love everything on that if they get the answer wrong I think we're going to go with their uh, lose their ability to speak and, and I'm probably going to make it a a temporary thing because they're going to be in a room uh, where they're going to be fighting and doing other stuff right so I'm going to set up a uh, an aura where they have to be if they are within 15 feet of the door uh, and they say anything other than language, um, they will be cursed. Let's go into the next room, the final room. This is going to be our big boss room. This is where we're going to fight Alex, the language lord. Um, and let's find out a little bit about that room and the word he has to speak. In the final room, the word that Alex needs to say is the forbidden incantation that is written in the grimoire he stole. The incantation is said to have the power to warp reality and bring about the end of the world. When Alex says this word in front of the resting god, Zephyrion, the god awakens and amplifies the power of the incantation. This causes a catastrophic event to happen, such as a massive explosion, a portal to another dimension, or a rift in the fabric of reality. Alex cannot say the word right away because he needs to wait for the right moment when the stars align and the energy of the world is at its highest. This moment is said to happen once every hundred years, and Alex has been waiting for this opportunity for a long time. He also needs to make sure that the players are not able to stop him. That's why he has mind-controlled two of their friends, who will try to stop the players from reaching the final room. He also has set traps and puzzles in the temple to slow the players down. The players will have to race against time to stop Alex and his minions and prevent the end of the world. They will have to find a way to break the mind control of their friends, overcome the traps and puzzles in the temple, and find a way to stop Alex before he says the incantation. Great. So there's a lot of information there that we already had that we don't really need, and, and that's the direction we're going. It's good to get his recap on on that stuff. Um, I like when the stars align. I like once every hundred years. That gives us plenty of reason for, you know, why didn't he say the word when he's in the room while we're fighting the wizard or even outside the temple fighting the barbarian. Um, what I need, though, is to know what the actual words he has to say are. 
through the power of language, I will bring about the end of all things. This is a phrase that I've just made up. It's not from any real-world mythology or literature. It is a phrase that represents the power of forbidden language, which is a powerful tool for the one who masters it, but also a dangerous weapon that can bring about the end of the world. The players will have to stop Alex from speaking this phrase before it's too late. All right, I like that. Um, it's kind of cheesy. It's kind of on the nose. It's kind of simple, but at least we now have a, a phrase. I'll probably have it be in uh, the uh, the original language uh, that the uh, that the um, that the god or the god of language uh, created. So this would be like the first language. So um, let's let's have it be that. It'll be the same language that is written, uh, that the, uh, the riddle is written in. So I'm going to get some information about that language. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that's a good phrase. So let's find out what the name of that language should be. The original language that Zephyrion created is called Eternum. It is said to be the first and purest form of language, a language that is capable of expressing the deepest emotions and thoughts of the speaker. It is also said to be a powerful tool for creation and destruction, as it has the power to shape reality itself. It is for this reason that it is forbidden, as the misuse of its power could have disastrous consequences. All right. Um, I think I just came up with something cool here. So uh, I like I like the idea of this language. I think the reason why... Um, why um, Alex the language lord cannot say the words is because he cannot speak eternum, right? And he has to speak the words in eternum. And the only way to speak eternum left on this planet is actually in the amulet of tongues that one of the players will carry with them into this room, right? And so, um, so I think this boss bite boss bite. I think this boss fight uh, will be about Alex trying to get this amulet from um, from the player so so Alex can speak those words in eternum and and get into the um, um, into the room. Let's find out the name of the grimoire that Alex stole. The name of the grimoire that Alex stole is the Eternum Lexicon. It is an ancient and powerful book, bound in human skin and inked in blood. It contains the secrets of the Eternum language, including its history, grammar, and lexicon. It also contains the forbidden incantations and spells that can be performed using the Eternum language, including the one that could bring about the end of the world. The grimoire is said to have been created by Zephyrion himself, and it has been passed down through the ages to the chosen few who are deemed worthy to possess it. All right. Um, perfect. The Eternum Lexicon. I think that's a great uh, name for this uh, grimoire. Uh, it makes sense that this grimoire would be specific uh, to the Eternum language. Um, I did notice that uh, Alex, the language lord, our AI friend helping us with the podcast, did misgender uh, Zephyron uh, and used himself. Um, I think we're going to keep, uh, Zephron, uh, non-binary and, uh, or, or genderless, I guess would be a better, um, uh, phrase to use there. So, uh, we will, we'll keep, uh, when we play, we'll keep, uh, um, 
uh, we'll use they, them pronouns for uh, Zephron. And, um, but yeah, I like that a lot. Now, just for a fun thing, I want to get a catchphrase for Alex, the language lord. Through the power of language, I will bring about the end of all things. This catchphrase emphasizes Alex's belief in the power of language and his ultimate goal of using it to bring about the end of the world. As the players face him, he might repeat this phrase as a sort of mantra, maybe even in a language that they don't understand, but that they might sense as ominous and powerful. All right, I think that's kind of uh, ridiculous since it is also the uh, the phrase that he has to speak in order to bring about the end of all things uh, in this room. Um, I think that's uh, stupid and dumb and perfect for what we're going for. So I think we we, we will use that catchphrase. I think um, I think he's going to say it a lot, and if he ever says it when he has the amulet on, then he will through the power of language, bring about the end of all things. So great. I think that's enough to, to go on, to, to run a, uh, a really fun one shot. I'm super impressed with Alex and language Lord and his ability to come up with ideas that are super quick, super fast. And, uh, and also frankly, really good. So this is, uh, this will be the end of our, our episode, our planning episode. I hope you found it entertaining. Uh, I, you know, I know you probably missed, uh, Tyler not being here with us, but you will get Tyler back uh, as he will be playing in this campaign. Oh, I think um, I think I'm going to do one last thing. I'm going to ask for a name for this one shot. The Eternum Apocalypse would be a fitting name for this one shot campaign as it highlights the danger of the forbidden Eternum language and the potential for it to bring about the end of the world. It also gives a sense of urgency to the player's mission to stop Alex the Language Lord and save the world from destruction. All right, there it is, the Eternum Apocalypse. We're going to go ahead and run with that for the name of this one-shot campaign. Uh, next time you will hear from us, we will be doing our Session Zero uh, with, a, with a couple players, including Tyler and a guest player that we're going to bring in. We'll build characters that are specific for this campaign, um, and uh, we'll answer some questions about the... Um, about the the setting i'll probably do a little bit of uh role playing and let them um uh, interact with zoltar the wise and get some information and that way once we actually do the one shot itself uh, we can just jump jump right into the the adventure there um it does seem like this adventure now that i'm looking at it might be a little bit um um, heavy on combat. And so, um, we'll see what I can do there to, to kind of lighten the combat a little bit and, uh, and see what's going on. So, um, anyway, so that'll be the end of this episode. Alex, thank you so much for all your help today. And, uh, we'll catch you on our next Adventure AI. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Adventure AI a D&D podcast with Alex the Language Lord and my co-host Jason as we planned the one-shot campaign, The Eternum Apocalypse. Are you excited to see how this turns out? Please join us next time, and remember, through the power of language, I will bring about the end of all things. (laughs) 